Hello, Mr. Robinson. Hello there, Mr. Smith. What is our topic today? It's one of the handful of topics that never, ever goes away or is apparently answered satisfactorily. It is the topic of tattoos. Tattoos. Let's talk about that. Thank you, Jake and Julia. We appreciate that. And welcome, everyone, to the podcast. Our topic is indeed tattoos. Uh, actually, Mr. Robinson has the question itself. So, uh, Mr. Robinson, please do us all the favor and enlighten us with this question. The question is, Revelation 19.16 seems to imply that Jesus Christ had a tattoo. Does this mean Christians can have one too? Wow. Hmm. It sounds... So, Revelation 19 uh, implies, according to the question, that Jesus has a tattoo. Does this mean that we can all line up and get one? So. Well, before we before we read this, so that we can clearly frame our our question and answer, uh, and that you know, however many times I've read that scripture, that never occurred to me that that was describing <laughs> a tattoo. I've never heard it dis- described that way. So you know, you're never reading that verse and thinking, oh yeah, there's that tattoo. Ooh. You know, he's all tatted up. Uh, what? So you had the passage open. What does okay, the passage actually say? And uh, we'll, you're gonna start earlier for context, right? We'll read the first five verses leading up to it. That would be great. So Revelation 19.11, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his head, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, linen white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Verse 16. And he had on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Mm, On his thigh and on his robe. So I'll, I'll note real quickly, it's interesting we didn't get the question is it okay to run around with a sword hanging out of your mouth? That, that was that was not the uh, well, really, not the question. The the whole section here, there's there's a lot of uh, you know um, imagery here. That's, right. That, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, purposeful. Uh, it's it's meant to communicate something symbolic. There's a lot of symbolic imagery okay. there that's describing oh, right. Christ in some detail. Right. But I, as you and I discussed earlier on before the show. Really, this this question is kind of a red herring question. I mean, we could go in and try to debate whether or not, you know, what does this mean? Did Christ have a tattoo and all that kind of thing? I think we feel like when you extrapolate this question, it's sort of like, so can I get a tattoo? Oh, right. In fact, you know, before we go into anything else, because we, we could sort of make this the shortest podcast in history here. We're coming up on three minutes and, you know, whatever seconds. Uh, by simply saying, no, the Bible says don't get a tattoo. If you look at Leviticus 19, verse 28, it is very plain. Leviticus 19, verse 28, God says, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the eternal. It is hard to get more plain and straightforward than that. No, you are not to tattoo any marks on you. Now, I do see uh, Christians in the world 
you know, outside of the church, various denominations, etc. And they'll argue, well, yeah, you want to take that seriously. And usually they've got tattoos. It helps their youth ministry, perhaps, or something. And say, you want to take that seriously, but tell me, are, are you eating pork? Because the Bible says you shouldn't do that. Are you going to church on Saturday? The Bible says you shouldn't do that. And I always love those questions because, well, yes, I happen to be doing those things. That's that's right. So we do take these things seriously, of course. So the, the short answer is no, no, you're not to, to tattoo. Because no one says, well, hey, after that, Christ rode amongst the, the rebelling mankind and slaughtered everyone. So does that mean Christians have the right to go forward and slaughter everyone? No, that, that is something very different. So like you said, you need to ask why you're asking yourself. If it's to, if deep down you're really just looking to get a tattoo and you landed on this verse as, hey, how can they deny me this? Look, Jesus has one. Then we're we're clearly reading something, and we're reading it for false motive and for different purpose. Well, this this section here, when you read it, is grouped in with a number of other customs that come from other nations. And you read any good commentary, and they'll point out that there were these various pagan practices. Mm-hmm. And so I would argue that right off the bat, so why is God saying don't do it? Well, you know, this is tied up and bound with other other pagan practices that God doesn't want us to have any any part of any 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 kind of uh, bookends it with I am the Lord. Always always, always good to pay attention when an I am the Lord comes out. But like you were saying, Mr. Smith, uh, the question I would post to anybody, and, and I can understand it. I briefly had the idea of getting, I, I never went very far. I was never serious about it. I'm not just saying that. When I was 19 or 20, a lot of my, some of my friends were getting them. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe would I get a tattoo? I don't know. And I, I could honestly never think of a single thing that I wanted permanently on me. So that was kind of the end of it. But I would say, why do you want one? What what is the purpose? You know, I boy, I really I really want to get a tattoo. You know, you hear, you know, when I was younger, people, or my friends would say that, or you hear kids say it now, and it's like, okay, why do you why do you want a tattoo? Mm. What does that mean to you? What is right. that? What is this saying? And and what do you? And then their next question is always, I haven't decided what to get. <laughs> oh, interesting. You know, I think I I have heard that. I I have a. Uh, I I don't want to say names, even though there's no way anyone listening to this really knows this person. But uh, and I don't I doubt the person regrets this action. But she's not in the church, and she got a tattoo. Uh, she was it was a, a fun weekend she was on or something, and it was just sort of something to do. But you could tell it wasn't the tattoo had any particular meaning. It was the act of getting a tattoo. Yes, like it itself was supposed to be you know celebratory of something. Uh, and so you'd have to ask, well, why? Part of what, there's so many things in this world that if we're not, if we're not careful, if we're not willing to examine ourselves, we'll miss the fact that we're, we're often desiring it because it associates us with a particular tribe, if you will. And saying tribe with tattoos is funny because that is what some, some different tribes, you know, do in different cultures. But I don't mean that way. You, you could even look at the uh, the MAGA crowd, you know, make America great again crowd. Or you can look at the, uh, the, the activist crowd, you know, these, those also are, are kinds of tribes. There's, there's whole books that have been written about how our society seems to be growing in a sense of kind of a tribal mentality. And we want to identify with various tribes. Hey, I, you know, I would wear a Star Wars cap, you know, right, so that right. people know I'm part of the geek crowd that enjoys Star Wars. But, we need to ask ourselves, 
are we motivated for that sort of thing? Are we trying to identify right. with the crowd? Because it does tell people something. And, and to a certain extent, that's what some people want. They want to be seen as, hey, you know, look at me. I'm the kind of crowd that sees my my body as artwork and the opportunity to do this and that. But we need to ask ourselves why why we find that that appealing. Your, your travel point's an excellent one because when I was thinking about, especially before, I mean, there seems to be a, have been a huge resurgence in, in tattoos. I don't know. Maybe it's just been growing all, all along and now, now I see, I, I can't believe how many people I see with tattoos these days. But in the past, what a lot of, who, who, what's the category you think of people who had tattoos? Sailors. <laughs> Military people. <laughs> That's right. And people who may have fought in a war, special forces guy. And to your point, the markings always mark sort of like their mark their tribalism. Oh, I was in the Marines, and that was a big deal to me. That that's, I, you can understand why people in that that line of work would do it. And then it was sort of their their rite of passage, their mark that they were now a part of the exactly. Marines or part of yep. the yeah yeah. So you know, so the question is, so why the tattoo? And then and then if you get one, what is that actually representing? You right. know, one of the things I've I've noticed lately is. Um, I, I see I'm probably getting ahead of the, the discussion a little bit here, but every so often you I would see a, a younger woman and, and and she was pretty and then you would see this whole elaborate tattoo down her leg. And I <laughs> my thought is the same every time. And this goes for the guys too, but I don't know, maybe because I have daughters, I it seems more of a tragedy to me to the girls. It's like we you've just marred half of your body right, with, why would you with do tattoos that? up and down and like what is that why did you do that and what are you representing and it just seems like such a waste because the human body is it pictures god it's exactly. it's his image yep. i should add before we go too much further that you know some people come to the church at different ages i i found out about the truth as i've mentioned before when i was 14 but i didn't start attending until i was 18 and that's a lot of years before you know better when you can do some really dumb things. I do know some ministers with tattoos from the days back before they knew any better. And and so we're not trying to say, well, you know, if you've got a tattoo, I suppose you're going straight into the lake of fire. So <laughs> that's, that, that, that's it for you. No, we all, we all make mistakes. But the point is, God frees our mind so that we don't have to make those mistakes. So if we already have them, you know, they are what they are. We're talking about what to do going forward with your right. life, trying right. to do the right thing. And we're not trying to make someone feel like a second class. Sometimes those can be opportunities to explain to someone when they ask about it. Hey, I really, in fact, we don't want to brag about it then. Hey, I really like a tattoo. Well, you know, got to be honest. I kind of wish I hadn't done that. Oh, why not? Well, that was back before I understood my body right. is made in God's image and, and, and it's not mine to, to mar. You know, with what you're saying, you're right. God actually made the human body—it's—it's uh, it's amazing. It's—it's it's a work of art in itself. God Himself was pleased with it. After He made man and woman, actually at that time He said they were very good. The creation was very good. Um, why do we seem to think that we're we want to improve in that sense on what God made by marring it up? It's almost always truly a, a marring it up. It doesn't—it yes. doesn't make it doesn't make it more beautiful. It makes it really something else. And I know we've talked about what we want what we want to be able to cover in this podcast and we'll get back to i think i think we're going to come around to some of these things again we wouldn't be doing it justice if we didn't also discuss you know not just the scripture that clearly i hate to use the word ban that doesn't feel quite right to me but it prohibits tattoos but the but the other thing is what does the bible itself say about markings mm. for example 
it is a biblical kind of topic, right? It's a broader topic than just tattoos, right? Exactly. I mean, what's 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 out there in the in the public sphere right now? The well, what's the mark of the beast is being vaccinated. And I'm not. And by right. the way, I'm not making fun. It's just no, I'm not. Just, I understand. It's just the meta out there, and it's um, the vaccines and and uh, you know all these different things. And thankfully. What booklet should I recommend here, Mr. Smith? We, we cover this very well. Uh, there is the Beast of Revelation, Myth, Metaphor, or Soon-Coming Reality. I do think that one talks about the mark of the beast. And it's not vaccines or a barcode no. or anything like that. No, no. And uh, spoiler, you don't want the mark. It's basically a mark that you've accepted the satanic system in place, the Babylonian system. You, you've decided that, yes, and it's kind of, if you think about it, like you were saying earlier, it's, again, it's tribalism. Right. It, it, it's, to God, it becomes two very simple categories. You're either over here in Satan's camp, whether you wanted to be or not, or, or but you had to take it. You can refuse the mark. You, you, could, right. you could choose death instead. And then, of course, verses uh, in Ezekiel, another great example, where a man clothed in linen is ordered to go around and mark. And by the way, you get the impression there's a very small number of people to mark the people that see what's going on, and they're really troubled by it. And 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 they, what does it say? They, they sigh, they mark those who sigh and cry for the abominations committed on the earth. And so then you're, you're marked as, as one of God's and he does the marking. We don't do the marking. Right. You know, that's, that's a good point. Markings in any sense in the Bible, they do indicate a certain amount of ownership and who, with whom you identify. And when it comes to the mark of the beast, which is Sunday keeping, by the way, you know, Spoiler alert, we hope you look into the booklet and prove it for yourself, but which uh, Sunday keeping is the mark of the beast. Why? Because you've decided to disobey God's laws and obey the beasts instead. And it, it really is interesting when you look at it because, and uh, we cover this actually in the telecast, one of our popular telecasts, I'm happy to say, that the beast wants the mark on your hand and on your head, which is kind of symbolic of your, your choices and actions and what you think and uh, with your mind. Versus God says that's where his sign is to be, the Sabbath, actually, uh, keeping his laws. His laws are supposed to be on our, uh, like like frontlets before our eyes, on our foreheads and, and on our hands. And so you actually have to remove God's laws to make right. room for the right. mark of the beast. And in the case you're, you're mentioning in Ezekiel, where the servant of God in the vision is marking the people of God who are sighing and crying about the abominations in the city, about the pagan things and the turning from God's laws, which, by the way, tattooing could be definitely be a part of that, giving yes. oneself over to wanting to do these things that God forbids. I think in all these cases, including the original question about Revelation 19, God gets to make marks. If God wants to make marks on you, wow, that's fantastic. If God said, hey, I'd like to put this, you know, my new name on your forehead, you know, he gets to do that. The the laws here are meant to about what we decide about ourselves, what we do with ourselves, and yet they're not meant to restrict God in some way. He is putting a label on you, you know, with his mark on Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean Jesus Christ wrote in, in the original Revelation 19. If Christ actually does wear that name on his thigh and on his robe when he is coming down, you know, for the uh, for the final battle, if you will, in Revelation 19. That's not going to be because he went someplace and just inked it up himself. That's because right. God has placed his name, has placed that name on Christ. Just like he tells us in Revelation chapter 3. Uh, actually, Revelation 3, I tried to note this verse. In verse 12, this is a promise to Philadelphians in particular, I think. Revelation 3 and verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I 
will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. That's God taking ownership. You know, when we choose to tat ourselves up for some reason, that's like us taking ownership of something God has claimed. You know, when, when we marry, we the, the custom in the West, which thankfully the what's still the custom in the West, who knows if it'll disappear one day, uh, but we certainly do that in the church, is that the, at least in America, the, the wife takes the husband's name. Right. When I married my wife, her last name was Riggs, and now it's not. It's Smith. In a sense, though I didn't physically write it on her, I did place my name on her. She's she's mine. She's a we're together. You know, she's a I'm the tribe that she identifies with, and yeah, in these statements, it's God who's making these marks, and it's it's important to recognize that not taking ownership ourselves, but recognizing that God's the one who does these things. Right, and that also illustrates that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be literal, you right. know, little mark like your wife. I guess it kind of, you know, where do you want to go with it? I mean, she signs her name, but like you didn't her driver's actually, license. you didn't like stamp her forehead with Smith on there. You know what? I did. That's amazing. <laughs> you didn't know that? I guess you weren't there at the wedding. But this, a... this idea of um, uh, ownership, and, uh, right. and we'll use that term because frankly, that's what the Bible termed used. And so, uh, you know, our final point of discussion on this is, you know, if God has called you and he's working with you, and especially if you've been baptized and you've you've had the laying on of hands and you have God's Holy Spirit and his God's Holy Spirit is in you, well, in, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, you're described as the temple of God. He says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? And we, you know, we could talk more about that. Whom you have from God and you are not your own. So, right. so when, when you've accepted Christ's sacrifice and you begin to live a different life and God's Holy Spirit is working with you, and the, you, there's other scriptures we could go to that show very clearly, it's as if Christ is living his life in you and he comes and makes his home with you. I think Steve says the, the Father does as well. And, and so just think about that for a moment as, as God views you as like this holy structure that's, that's set apart for a very holy purpose. It's been sanctified. God views it as a precious uh, uh, thing. What are we going to do? We're going to go to the temple of God and start putting a, a bumper sticker on it. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I know you have this perfectly lined out temple with much symbolism, but can I put a sign over here that represents something that's important to me? I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say that's kind of, you know, again, it's, it's important to note, like not out in the world. When we're out in the world, we didn't understand that. But when God is working with you, we should understand how God views us and the symbolism he uses. And right. we should not ever casually go and make our own alterations to it. Uh, no, absolutely. You know, there are several verses that talk about that. And, I, I, you know, I was telling you earlier, I can't recall who, with whom I had this conversation this weekend, but uh, it, it was beneficial, whoever it was, that, you know, God owns us. And, you know, in our society today, it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about ownership in the sense because, you know, we're so glad to be, you know, the slavery is in our past, uh, that it's, it's, it's something that is wrong, you know, humans owning other humans as if they were property. But we shouldn't then shy away from the language of the Bible, which says when it comes to God, we literally have been purchased. We, we do belong to him and not to ourselves. There's so many verses that you go to, to, to talk about that. You know, in Acts uh, 20, the apostle Paul was speaking to those in Ephesus 
And he tells them in verse 28, therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, that's all of us, among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Uh, he talks about how we were redeemed with uh, the blood of Christ. Uh, Peter talks about in 1 Peter in chapter 1, in verse 18, starting there, uh, he reminds us to know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Uh, he's actually really purchased us. And you know, when it comes to getting a tattoo, what are you doing? You're treating your body as your canvas. You know, I want to say something. Sometimes it's something that doesn't need to be said. Uh, skull and crossbones, you know, roses and thorns and the rest. Sometimes it's just something, you know, that means something to you. It's pretty. Mm -hmm. Like the one I knew who just had a rose tattooed on, on, on her ankle, uh, a family member of mine. But other times maybe it is something very significant. Maybe uh, you want to, to dedicate something to uh, a sibling who died right. or to a parent who died. I'm not trying to say that some of the impulses, all of them are necessarily uh, ignominious or, or, or bad ignominious. That's a fancy $2 word, Mr. Robinson or, uh, or, or bad for some reason. But the question is, what do we do with that? Our body is not ours. God has purchased us. Uh, our body is in the image of God. He has ownership of that. You know, we can do something else. We can write a poem. We can try to paint a painting. We can do something else to express that significant thought or that, but using our own body, which God claims for his, uh, that's not really anything we actually have the right to do. In fact, I, I would say what I seem to sense in society in general, when it comes to actually transgenderism, when it comes to, you know, radical piercings, I tend to joke about Chipotle and how to work at Chipotle. You have to have, you know, at least uh, 16 ounces of metal hanging off your face in some way. But actually, I've, I've seen quite a variety of people uh, that don't look quite like that anymore. But regardless, all of these piercings are these uh, cuttings, these people trimming their, their bodies, even going into the bazaar to make themselves look like... Like the stretch words. earrings. Yes. Oh, yeah. The giant gaps in their ears and the rest. Well, there's this kind of culture that wants to modify the body as if we're not satisfied with God's image. Like we, we want to do something else. I'm not satisfied with God's image, nor with what he has made me to be. I want to make it mine instead of God's. And it kind of goes back a little bit to the tribal thing. Is that the culture we want to identify right. with? Is that the tribe we want to identify with? I think we've highlighted from the very beginning, right out of Leviticus. No, you cannot tattoo yourself because God says not to. But part of what I think is so vital in that is using the desire for a tattoo as an opportunity to examine ourselves to see what really is moving me in this direction and, and, and what is it perhaps I need to attend to in addition to just simply getting or not getting a tattoo. Yes, exactly. I think that's a, that's a good way of summarizing that. It, it, you know, when we've, we've done a handful of these now and talked about other topics we want to cover, and sometimes they seem pretty simple. Tattoos. You know, <laughs> here's a 30 second podcast. Bible says don't get them, right? And it's, yeah, boom, over. we're done. But there's all, I, I find, I'm always intrigued by how much there's really is a deeper concept underlying it. And you're not, not to completely go through everything again, but, you know, once you've, once you've, uh, voluntarily submitted yourself to Christ and accepted his sacrifice, your, your life is not your own, and he's directing your steps. And 
And so, like you were saying, like, what are we actually trying to say if we're like want a tattoo that represents something important to us? And, and uh, you know, when we're getting right. off the mission a little bit. But I just think it's a good question. Like, uh, to end the show with what we started with, I would ask myself why you want to get a tattoo and what that re- what that means to you and what you're trying to represent. Right. I think that's a great way to, to wrap it up. Sit there, run, sit.